Hey everyone, this is Lydney here. Welcome back to season two, episode one of Three Girls, One Newscast, the news podcast about other news. We cover stories that you guys may have missed in the mainstream media. And as always, I'm joined by my fellow journalists, Emily and Emmy. How are you guys this beautiful morning, my time, afternoon, your guys' time? Beautiful overcast afternoon. Classic British summer. It is. It is indeed. I feel like summer is over over here now, to be honest with you. Oh, it was over in June. Yeah. We never had a summer. No. If it makes you feel any better, neither did we here in Canada, because half the time we were on fire dealing with raging forest <laughs> fires. Yep. The headlines. Let's just jump into our stories, shall we? So we did some soul searching, and while we were away, we decided we're not only going to be sharing our headlines, but breaking down some of our stories within our headlines. So let's see what we got. Emily, let's start us off got a theme to my headlines. I call them men are animals. An analysis has shown that female octopuses or octopi, it said octopuses, is that correct? I don't know. Throw things at males when they are harassing them. Sure, but when I do it, I'm kicked out of the aquarium. Continuing with this animal theme, a teenager in Coventry saved a bumblebee's life and now it won't leave her side. It goes shopping and bowling with her everywhere. I tell you guys, it's created quite a buzz. I'm definitely staying away from the animal theme and jumping right into something a bit more heavier. So the story itself is old by news standard anyways, but I still want to touch on it. And I think it's a big problem that we have in the news world. And I'm talking more specifically about sensationalizing headlines and disassociating from real world problems. I'm talking specifically again about the uh, headline from the Washington Post a week ago, which was titled Afghanistan's Falling Man, the 17-year-old soccer player who plunged from a U.S. military jet. This headline pissed me off so much because I failed to see how it was appropriate to attribute a catchy, clickbaity title to the tragedy of a 17-year-old boy. He was a boy, you know, he wasn't even 18, not that 18-year-old's all of a sudden make you a man or anything of that sort but I just thought it was so terrible to call this this tragedy the idea of a falling man and let's put into perspective that this was a person who was so desperate he fled from one deadly situation to another and I get it the news is dying we need more clicks we need conversions we need headlines but you would think that halfway through 2021 we would stop selling people's tragedies for a few hundred likes you'd think that but we can't I mean, just that story made me think of the falling man, which is just like that classic picture from 9-11. And that was so sensationalized. That was something that went around the world. I was nine when that happened and I knew about it. And I was like, oh yeah, the falling man. Of course, the falling man. Like if we just give it like this thing that will help us remember it. But like that was a man who felt so desperate. He jumped out of the tower because he would rather do that than burn to death. Like that is... A horrible thing that we've now created into almost like a meme like a cultural meme now um and it's just terrible it is horrific that we do that Mm. as a society capitalism sucks anyway back to our hilarious headlines (laughs) 
Um, well, to be fair, this isn't a hilarious headline. This is a little bit of an uplifting headline for you. Um, so Australian children's group The Wiggles helped save the life of a COVID patient in Melbourne's ICU. The music group was tracked down by nurse Stephen Moylan and created a video to help ease the patient's worry about wearing nasal prongs. Oh. Was this like a child patient or an adult? No, so she was 22 years old, but she had Down syndrome. So oh, she okay. didn't feel comfortable wearing the nasal prongs. And basically she, um, the nurse, Stephen, Stephen Moylan, worked out that she was like, watching these wiggle videos and she so so he tracked them down to get them to encourage her to wear nasal prongs which ultimately saved her life because she was obviously in the icu oh my god that's adorable i love that story and i also loved the wiggles even when i was little a man used a scoreboard message to break up with his girlfriend at a minor league baseball game minor league i think that's the most insulting part of this whole story like he couldn't spring for the extra dosh just to take her to an mlb game if you're gonna go for like worldwide embarrassment whatever why are you doing it in front of three thousand people when you could broadcast it on national television come on dude what did she do that made you want to publicly break up with her but like not that publicly okay did she cheat on you but like a little bit she just do like a like a little like just a tip just the just the, just the tip you know did she, like, try to kill your cat but failed? Did she, like, piss on your bedspread but then launder it afterwards? I don't understand what level they were at for this to happen. And on this note, I think public proposals and breakups both equally, equally not a good idea. Okay? Because proposals, unless the two of you have discussed it, and you both agreed that this is what you're going to be doing, this is how you're going to spend your life, you're going to do this together, do not put the other person on the spot because, like, you are putting them in a position where they feel that they have to say yes. Like, you're pressuring them into saying yes to you. And I think that's just as bad as a public breakup because, you know, sometimes it ends in a public breakup. Um, But breakups in public, right, like, the one in Legally Blonde, which I was watching the other night. So shitty, okay? And, like, why are you... Why at the beginning of the meal? Why does it always happen at the beginning of the meal? What are you going to talk about for the rest of the time? Like, how you're going to divide your stuff up later? It's just, you're not giving the person a chance to react the way that they need to. You're not giving them the the, like the ability to express the way that they're supposed to. They have to, like, you know, put on that front. I realize this is a podcast and they can't see all the incredible <laughs> hand gestures I'm doing, but let me tell you, they are, they are choice. Um, they're really something, guys. Anyway. Emily is literally causing a scene. I'm causing a scene. <laughs> Just don't, don't propose or break up with someone via Megatron is the moral of my story. That's fair. Is I it agree called with Megatron, you. or yeah. is that a robot from Transformers? So, I'm not... when I read that, I <laughs> that thought you were right, talking about a, a robot from Transformers. But... <laughs> is it... Is it... That's correct, isn't it? I also think... Is it called a Megatron? I think it's also called a Megatron. Is it a Jumbotron? Oh, it's a Jumbotron. Yes. So, Megatron <laughs> is Transformers. <laughs> Megatron! Jumbotron <laughs> is what you were talking about. 
<laughs> Hi guys, I work in the news. <laughs> just imagine though, you just got like one of the Transformers to come and just do the breakup for you. You're like, I, I mean, don't want to do this. I would this. prefer that as long as it was Megan Fox. Yeah. Does that to count? be, to be count? fair though, that's pretty. That's a pretty good way of breaking up with someone, sending them a deathly robot because they'll be like, "Oh, you're breaking up with me. That's fine because I thought this robot was going to kill me." True. Like, yeah, exactly. Everything is put into it's perspective. It's just a happy little. Oh, wonderful! Yeah. Great. I'm not going to die. There's just a breakup. <laughs> I think that's reasonable. I had the decency to do it after we watched the movie, and then I sat in the car, and he was supposed to drive me home. So. <laughs> 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 Let me tell you, it was awkward. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, let's go, sweetie. Oh, sorry, I can't call you sweetie anymore. Habit. <laughs> Best choice of my life. Um, well, <clears throat> on speaking about choices, if you are taking reading recommendations from a billionaire, or if you're like me and you're surprised billionaires even read, then look no further because Elon Musk has you covered. He's announced nine must-read books. But it's kind of unclear if reading these books will either make you a rocket scientist or a billionaire. I feel like it's one of those things where you have to just go and try it out for yourself. So I have a theory about billionaires. I bet they can read because I bet they can read from the book of the devil because you have to sell your soul to become a billionaire. She said it. I want that, guys. Suck it, Bezos. Um, ahead of the COP26 climate, is it COP or COP26? I don't... I, call, I called it COP. question. I, okay. I said COP. Oh, <laughs> I've only ever read it. Yeah. Well, if Emily can say Megatron, Emmy, you can say whatever you'd like here. <laughs> the Megatron 26 climate conference. <laughs> <laughs> that will seriously help the climate change, wouldn't it? Um, anyway, ahead of the uh, COP26 climate conference, uh, a club in Glasgow is trialling a scheme to convert dancers' energy into a heating and cooling system. Sorry, Nelly. Guess it's no longer going to be hot in here. I'm sorry. Now we need to just put I'm the sorry, jingle. I'm sorry. I'm not even going to edit that out. That is so funny. You got to put the jingle. You got to put a little bit of Nelly in there. We're going to interpret or interpretive dance ourselves out of climate change. Basically, yeah. Wah, wah, take that. Take that, take is... that carbon levels. <laughs> See, this is where it would be helpful for us to have a video yeah. to accompany the podcast. Next episode, this is my guys. climate dance. This is Next my time. rain dance, you guys. It's literally a rain dance. Okay. Hey, maybe we can post this on our Instagram. Emily's rain dance. Should we? <laughs> Let's do it. We can do now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. More of my men are animals. Female hummingbirds dressed in male plumage get harassed less. That's correct. There are these type of hummingbirds that, like, the females are dressed like adolescent males. So they don't get harassed, right? So this is proving once and for all that if you don't want to be harassed, don't look like a woman. I absolutely hate that. Horrible. It's not just us, you guys. It's the whole animal community. Especially hummingbirds, those cute little innocent tiny things you can crush with your hands. They have the audacity to harass their female members. Yep. Send Megatron. <laughs> Send Megatron. I'm never going to get over this. <laughs> I feel like it was just as bad when I said, I called them um, macaques. Can I call it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're back. 
I'm like keeping it. Okay, well, crowds of protesters hurled death threats, continued to march in the name of freedom against the vaccine, and launched racial and sexist slurs at Justin Trudeau after he made and while he made his election rounds. And in other news, that apparently is just another day in Texas. A low blow, you guys. I'm sorry, but I, I had to make that uh, funny somehow. How do you, um, sexist slurs at Justin Trudeau? I feel like... Like, male... No, I think... Like, oh, men suck, because that's just accurate. <laughs> yeah, well, that, yeah, that's definitely just fact. Yeah. But, no, I think it's just in general, at these kind of crowds... Also, he white. What do you mean racist know, slurs at Justin Trudeau? <laughs> okay, let me, re- let me clarify that it's just a bunch of people who right. just took this opportunity to, like say racist and sexist shit as well. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Um, was it, he, they weren't directing it at Justin Trudeau, no. who is No, a they white just man. thought that they were safe in his blackface presence. Yes. Yeah, I think probably, what was, yeah. like, thrown at Justin Trudeau was primarily just, like, insults, maybe towards his hair. Like, I feel like that's the closest they got to insulting him. it's graying now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, to clarify. I hate the guy, but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know what? That's what's happening. And I, you know, he, got, he keeps getting booed out here in Alberta, so... Good, he should. A, a woman in Miami was nearly charged with intent to assault as she bought a mop from a drugstore to fend off a masturbating man who was following her and her children around. I don't see what the problem is. She was just fighting shaft with shaft. <laughs> There's no way to make that funny. That's such a messed up story. Also, mm-hmm. how do you get charged with intent to assault? Yeah, that's really... How is that a thing that you can be charged with? I was gonna punch him, but I didn't. What? <laughs> that's not a thing. I'm, but this is Florida. This is a Florida story, so in my opinion, yeah. like, that Obviously. works. Obviously. Did you hear about that one about a moose getting stuck in the mud? It's, it's a Canadian joke, I'll explain. So anyways, a moose was stuck in the mud, and two Ontario men, might I add, elderly men, hooked straps to the moose's antlers and then used the strength from their ATV, ATVs to just, like, pull the animal out. And then afterwards, they all went to the bar to celebrate over a round of drinks. Oh, that story. kind of blows Emily's uh, men are animals out of the water theory, really, doesn't it? That, I mean, kind story. of, but I thought this was going to end badly when I heard that they were using ATVs and pulling on the antlers. I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Yeah, actually, they did say that if it was a female moose, they probably wouldn't have been able to save it because there would be no antlers to hook yeah. onto them. So, yeah, of yeah, and they also tried to call the Ministry of Fishing and, like, animal whatever, and no one answered. So they're like, I guess we'll just rescue this animal by ourselves. And if that isn't the most Canadian thing, I don't know what is. Oh, it's so yes. precious. Pretty, pretty Canadian. So what happened over here in the, the UK? They'd probably just be like, hey, you're a wanker, and walk off. You know? <laughs> to the moose? Yeah, to the moose. Question. <laughs> An elderly man was on an ATV during this? Yes. Yeah. I'm going to bring up... I'll show you guys the photos later, but these guys look like they're, like, in their mid-60s, just... Do you guys have ATVs here, Amy? No, I literally had to just Google it. Okay, I was was going to say, do you know what they are? Because they're basically, like... Quads? Like, it's... Yeah. Yeah, they're, like, dirt bikes, but four. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And it yeah. is it is for, you know, 30-year-olds who never moved out of their parents' house. Mm-hmm. Like, that is what they're for. Actually, funny story. When I was living in Acton, there was this guy. 
also in his 30s, who just always zoomed around the streets on his quad and just, like, lived his did. best life going to Sainsbury's and back just on his quad. And it, it was so loud. Yeah, to get his mom milk. <laughs> oh, yeah, and eggs. <laughs> in the middle of London. <laughs> in the middle of London, yeah. I'm pretty sure he was, like, Turkish yeah, or Albanian, so maybe. Funny. Even though this was West London, and that's, like, they're mainly north, but still. Yeah. Um, so guys, I'm gonna, I want to talk about revenge sleep procrastination. <clears throat> so you may not have heard the term, but there's a very good chance that you are actually doing it. Um, and essentially, in a nutshell, it's sacrificing sleep to get some relaxation. So for example, if it's late at night, you want to go to sleep, but instead of going to sleep, you decide to watch Netflix or scroll through your social media. The revenge part is kind of the new thing in sleep um, experts terminology here. Um, it's basically when we don't give ourselves time to relax in the day, perhaps because of work or family commitments, we make up for that loss of freedom at night. So we enact revenge on ourselves, essentially. So while you may think it's okay to stay up a little later to watch that next episode of that Netflix show, or in my case, the next episode of a supernatural police drama, you're actually hurting yourself. Um, hashtag sleepy hollow. Uh, revenge sleep procrastination, which I am just realizing now kind of sounds like a B-list horror movie. Revenge of the sleep procrastination. Uh, it can lead to things like depression, impaired memory, and um, just a general lower quality of life as sleep deprivation does. Um, <clears throat> sleep experts say to break free from the revenge of sleep procrastination only in cinemas October 31st. Sleep experts say you should find time to relax in the day and stick to a relaxing bedtime routine. Bottom line guys here, not really any big news stories, is that sleep is good, unless you live on Elm Street. Can everybody tell that I'm excited for Halloween? I I'm mean, so excited too. Okay. I mean, yeah. I have known about revenge sleep procrastination um, for a very long time. And uh, at first I didn't believe it. I thought it was bullshit until I started doing it a lot more. And then it just dawned on me. I think the term, and like you mentioned, like the idea of like just revenge sounds so intense. It sounds like I'm purposely trying mm. to like fuck over my life. Um, and like I have like some ulterior motive to it. But yeah, I think like I've noticed that there's times where I'm like working nine to five and I don't have time to like relax properly. And then just before bed, I'm like, okay, like, let me, you know, watch a B-list horror movie like I did yesterday. And next thing you know, it's like 1045 and I'm like, whoa, yeah, what the heck? Yeah, yeah, it's really bad for you. And um, I'm not sure if you read it, but like, it's the, the phenomenon is not new, but it's kind of been aggravated mm. since the time, since the start of the pandemic, because our work and life yeah, has just blurred lines. Yeah, there's no, yeah. there's no like differentiation. <clears throat> like, I didn't leave the my, I didn't leave my apartment today and I didn't even notice that I didn't leave yeah. it yeah. because I was just like doing like some work from home kind of thing and then yeah, like exactly. doing this and like and this, we record this from home as well. Yeah, exactly. And this just goes to show like how important like commuter time is because it's in those commuter time where you have your downtime, where you are like playing on your phone or watching Netflix or, or listening or to a news podcast with three girls. Um, I winked. Um, <laughs> yeah, I winked too. Um, but yeah, so it, I, I do agree with you, and that's what this article that I got this from said, that it has got worse since the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So you, you, it just goes to show that you really have to go out of your way to find time to relax in the day. Um, micro, uh, micro breaks are really good, I read. Yeah, thing. what is the theory of that? It's like five, is it five minutes every half hour? That yeah. seems like a lot. No, is that I a, think that's oh. what it is, yeah. 
Yeah. I try and do it every hour just because I feel like breaking it up in half an hour breaks my train of thought. But, like, for an mm, hour, yeah. I would take, like, a 10, 15-minute break um, mm. and do yeah, things like kind of feel laundry or form. some other menial task in the house. I also read that, like, some, yeah. some things that people are doing to kind of mimic <clears throat> commuter life is they'll wake up in the morning love coffee or whatever and then they'll go for like a walk around their block to like mimic as if they're like walking to the station or something to just kind of get it because like I think to myself before the pandemic all those micro movements we were doing walking to the train station walking to the bathroom all of that accumulated to like get like you know two three kilometers of walking a day and now we just sit stagnant in our homes um and we're all like why are we gaining weight so I my little hack for you guys park really far away for wherever you have to be so that you can get Mm -hmm. that walking in like I'm that person that'll park like you know, like a 200, 300 meters away from like the entrance or like longer than that, just so I can feel like I'm moving and walking. Mm-hmm. Um, and get some... I love that idea. That's actually such a good idea that like walk before. I mean, I'm not going to do it at four in the morning, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll certainly do it after my shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. I've been, I was thinking about that, but now my issue is like, by the way, I work in the news listeners. I'm not, I don't like start a like wink wink <laughs> shift at four in the morning. Yeah, she's a legitimate not, There's anything woman. wrong with that, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. All right, you guys, let's get into our next segment. Off the record. So the great thing about human interest stories is that we often relate to them in some way or the other. So in our off-the-record section, we connect the dots between new stories and our own lives with hopes that our listeners can do the same and realize that we're all just trying to make it through this crazy world. So Emily, our news girl, our working girl, take it away. Thank you. Working girl, wink, wink. Um... (laughs) So my stories today had a little theme of men being horrible and I, you know, okay, not a hashtag, not all men, we get it. Um, but what I noticed from my little bit of weird news research this week is that harassment and female defense is universal amongst all of the animal kingdom. And that was a horrible discovery to make. It, it gets hammered on about a lot, maybe especially by me, maybe on this podcast specifically, but most of my life, I have felt blame and shame about this, okay? The other night, my boyfriend and I were having our anniversary dinner. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Claps. And I dressed up and I was wearing like tights and heels and a revealing dress and makeup and everything like a lady. Um, and... I was like holding a bunch of things while I was walking over and I kept like pulling my dress like down because it kept like riding up and I didn't want it to show too much and I kept like pulling it down kind of thing you know when you do that Um, but then I was like holding stuff so it was kind of awkward and I had a few creepy interactions on my way over including one where there was this guy walking in front of me and then he heard my steps and he turned around stopped stepped into the road and waited for me to pass, but then got back on the same side of the sidewalk and very closely walked behind me. And I don't know what happened there, but it did very much feel like he heard female footsteps. And then he stopped to walk behind me because obviously he didn't know where I was going, right? He didn't know that I was almost there. Um, and then me... 
being like, this is how we grew up and in our age, whatever, I was like, oh, this is my fault. And I had those feelings of like that little mixture of feelings of fear, guilt, shame, all rolled up into like one horrible, confusing mess. And in a way, I'm sort of glad that the entire animal kingdom experiences it. Um, and that thought makes me feel gross because I wouldn't want another person or animal to feel that way. But it is nice to know that it's not just, it's not just us. Like this is a universal thing that males do to females and we're not making it up. This is not fake. This happens. And, um, and I just like, why I don't understand why we always have to fight men off and then feel shame for doing that. Men, just, just, just stop it. Just stop doing it. Just stop. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, I, I totally feel you, Emily. And that really sucks. Cause I think especially like when it comes to just like what you're wearing. And the thing is, is that, mm. um, this might sound like a, like a very scandalous thing to say, but like what we wear is going to impact our interactions with people. And I say this like on a, just a generalized statement, like, you know, we interact with people how, based on how, what they wear and what they're not wearing, et cetera, et cetera. But I think the issue is when you use the excuse of wearing something a bit more provocative as a carte blanche to be treated a certain way or to be harassed. I think that's the issue. But on the flip side, I mean, I, there's been instances where I literally look like absolute ass. Like I'm wearing like my sweatpants and my, an over like an oversized hoodie or whatever and I'm still getting harassed by virtue of just the fact that I'm female I wanted to touch on yeah. one point you said Emily about like how you kind of take comfort knowing it happens all around the animal kingdom I feel like in some ways that's also kind of dangerous because it plays into like men's mentality like if it happens in the animal kingdom then we're just biologically wired to behave this way and it's like mm. what makes us distinct from the animal kingdom is our how our minds have progressed and we are the most yeah. intelligent creatures on this planet and so we have the ability to differentiate and the animal kingdom doesn't operate with ethics and morals we do and that's that's a differentiating yeah. line so yeah i'm sorry babes yeah. that you have to have to deal with that yeah i agree i think the shame is the worst part as well it's like you shouldn't feel shame for whatever you're wearing yeah why mm -hmm. do we feel shame for what they're doing wrong yeah i don't know I think because you so always think to yourself, that. you can control it, right? As like women, we're like, we, should, we yeah. could have done something better to control it and just avoid this situation altogether. And we never hold Which like, is so stupid because. To throw things at them. <laughs> yeah, but it's so silly because when it comes to like things like mental health and we say, oh, we can't control the actions of others, it's the same thing here. You can't control what men yeah. are going to do. Very true. We, we can hold them accountable. Yes. Yes, we can. So, um,. My stories, unlike Emily's, didn't really have a theme. They kind of did because I did them while I was uh, very tired. So I'm going to go back to sleep. Um, well, to the topic of sleep, anyway. Uh, but also to sleep as well. Um, so I have, uh, like Emily, been working really weird hours this week. I, too, work in news. I'm not just a uh, prostitute working 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. That is the uh, bewitching hours. We change over. Another changeovers, yeah. Um, but if I'm honest with you, I actually don't mind the hours. It, they're not too bad. Anyway, but I wanted to share some with you some of the funny things while being sleep deprived because I thought 
Do you know what? I've got some three really good stories. Um, I want to preface this now by saying sleep deprivation is a serious thing. It's not a good thing to do. Get get sleep. But you know, when bad things happen to us, we got to find the humor in them, right? Like we know that drinking excessively is not good for us. But when your friend throws up on her boyfriend or on her first date with a, her boyfriend, that's just hilarious. Um, so anyway, so I've got three stories um, that I wanted to, to tell you about what happened to me while I was sleep deprived. Uh, deprived. So the first one, I'll start off lightly, uh, was last week while I was in my sleep deprivation. Went, woke up, got my bowl of cereal, went to the fridge, got my almond milk out, poured the almond milk into my bowl of Cheerios. The almond milk was green not white. I had poured apple juice, not milk, into my cereal. Um, but in my head, again, sleep deprived, I was like, okay, that's fine though, because I, I drink almond juice and you can have like nuts and fruit together, that's fine. So I went back into the fridge and I poured almond milk onto my cereal. But obviously it's in its dairy form. So I basically had like this like milky apple juice Cheerios. It was not nice. It wasn't great. Um, so getting a little bit uh, a little bit worse so my second my second story happened um i'm ashamed to say this happened this time last year uh and this happened twice as well in two weeks i almost walked out of the house without wearing any pants um it was while we were having an unseason well sometimes some days in september we have like <clears throat> in the uk we have quite hot days and it was one of those hot days so there was it was hot warm in the house i wouldn't have noticed if i was wearing pants or not I was rushing to get ready for uni because, like I said, I had not been sleeping well. I was sleep deprived. Um, walked down out that downstairs, put my shoes on. I was like, wait, I don't have any pants. That was the first time. And then a week later, now my my defense, a week later, I woke up, remembered. Okay, I got to remember to put my pants on this time. Twenty seven years old, and I have to remind myself to actually wear um, trousers. Um, so I said, okay, that's fine. The pants I want to wear are downstairs being hung out to dry. Um, so I went downstairs, had my breakfast, normal cereal this time, um, got ready to go. This time was even worse. I, um, let, I opened, I literally opened the door this time, stepped out and, and I was thinking, wait a second, I don't have any shoes on. I need to put my shoes on went to put my shoes on and I was like oh wait a second I don't have any pants on either I need to put my pants on um but this is my cream creme de la creme of sleep deprivation stories um <clears throat> most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to me so I um it, this is while I was at uni and we'd gone to like some student awards um and from the student awards I was going home so I was getting the train back home and um there was there was very little alcohol involved i will just say this we decided to do something very innocent we decided to stay up and watch the sunrise very very lovely we stayed up watched it i had an early train the next day so i was like do you know what i don't need sleep i'll sleep on the train so went went to um <clears throat> packed all my things got on the train got home was asleep in the car arrived at the train station my dad pulls up in his bmw Yes, he was one of those people. Uh, I open the boot of the car and I see that he has all of his golf stuff in the back and he has all of this stuff in the back. I'm just like, 
dad, you knew I was coming home and I was coming home for spring break or Easter break. So I had loads of stuff with me. So I hear the, the car door open and I'm about to like turn to my dad and be like, where can I put my stuff? This strange man gets out of this car that I just opened and he's just like, um, excuse me, what are you doing? Uh, yes, yeah, so I had opened up a stranger's bonnet and was about to get into his car because I was uh, sleep deprived. And they are my three off the record sleep deprivation stories. Um, I would love to know, Emily and Lubno, if you've ever had these encounters, but also I would love to hear from the listeners as well. We can definitely post it on Instagram. I'd love to hear if you guys have had any embarrassing sleep deprivation stories. I mean, love. I have gotten into a stranger's car. (laughs) I was, like, leaving a movie theater once with um, my, like, best friends, this, like, group of us. We were like 12 or 13, we were in this movie, and then what I thought was one of their mom pulled up to pick us up. It was like her exact car, color, everything. And I literally opened up the door, got inside, sat down, looked in the front seat, and I was like, you're not Maria. (laughs) And she was like, no. (laughs) Got out, and like, what? And my friends were like losing their minds, and like, Maria is Lauren's mother. And I was like, why didn't you say anything? Why weren't you like, that's not my mom. <laughs> I get why the other girls didn't, because maybe they thought the same thing. But I yeah. don't know. I was like, surely you would recognize your own parent. But clearly from your story, Amy, you didn't. No. <laughs> not, I feel like we've all kind of, I know I've almost done it, but that's mainly because I'm so blind. So I like will yeah. walk really close to that. I'm like, that's kind of our home. Then I'll walk really close, and it looks like I'm going to get in, and the person's like looking at me, and then I'm like, oh wait, never mind. You're not, you're not the person I'm looking for. But yeah, sleep deprivation is wild. I mean, Emily, you kind of studied that a little bit more in depth too when you had to do that project, mm-hmm. and I'm yeah. sure Emily, you've just gone down the rabbit hole just searching more on this topic. But I think for me. Yeah. Sleep deprivation is more just kind of like not getting restful sleep. So what it does mm. is just it impacts reading comprehension a lot. Like I have like this embarrassing story. So the other day I was on Instagram and someone commented something was like, oh, so I read it as what happened, right? And then I was like, oh, I never comment on like public IG things. So I was like, oh, let me just be like a good internet Samaritan and just respond to this comment. So I was like, oh, haha, you know, it like it was just like money that one is in a balloon and like went away I had to watch it a few times too and then a couple hours later I get an e- um like another comment the person's like the person asked where this happened not what happened so then I go back and read her comment and I was like how the f did I make that mistake and then I was like oh haha my reading comprehension smiley face and then thankfully someone else made me feel better and was like no it's fine that her writing was shit anyways because low-key it was I think the way she had written it you know your mind fills gaps so I just read it as what happened not what area did this happen in so yeah I feel like for me it's just my reading comprehension or like one time I called a recruiter by his last name to be fair his name was Ryan Matthew so Oh, come on. Right? Uh, Pick a name. Pick, you can't, you can't have two, two first, names. first names. You're not allowed. So, You're not yeah. allowed. So that was my area. Ridiculous. I didn't get the job. <laughs> 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 he, he clearly did not see it the same way we did, but yeah. <laughs> well, you guys, um, my stories are all over the place this episode. There was no theme at all, and I'm not even going to try and pretend 
that there was a theme to it. Um, and it's fine because, you know what, I set the bar low today so that my colleagues could shine high and that's just being selfless. So I'm just going to talk about a story that I think a lot of people can relate to. And now that I think about it, it kind of comes to what you said, Emily, earlier about being like forced to say yes or Amy about you, like, you know, revenge time, revenge sleep time procrastination. So successful people know how to say no. Warren Buffett apparently said that as well as Forbes magazine. And you can, you know, consider that legitimate because it's the same publication that called Kylie a self-made billionaire. So obviously this is legit. But all jokes aside, I think the article was good because it kind of asked why we find it so hard to say no. And lately, I have been struggling to say no. I say yes to everything when I really just want to say no. And the reason we say yes when we want to say no is because um, experts point out to the fact that we just don't want to disappoint people or create conflict or make someone embarrassed for asking. Essentially, we're people pleasers, and because of our human need for connection, we're basically putting our own well-being ahead of others just so we don't feel alone. Or at worst, because this is the worst-case scenario, we stir up negative emotions, guilt, or embarrassment. Like, you know, and we talked about it, that whole shame and blame thing. So instead of saying no, we say yes. And it's funny because we've talked about this whole thing about, like, well-being and mental health and setting boundaries and I think all of that has just been chucked out the window now that I've entered the quote-unquote working world and I'm saying yes to everything um but I really just want to say no and I and I know I'm guilty of it of not wanting to like cause conflict or make someone think think badly of me when honestly this is remote working and I haven't even met my colleagues face to face so why should I even care and they live on like other parts of the world but anyways I kind of wanted to just help people who are probably feeling in the same situation with some tips that I think we can benefit from, especially since we're, we're getting into like the whole new school year, work year. And I know for me, my goal is just to get better at saying no. So some things that we can do is we can practice saying no to more inconsequential things. So for example, if someone comes and says, do you want fries or do you want a salad and you really want fries, you can say no to salad and get fries instead. Or you can say no to having eggs in the morning or something like that. Just practice saying no. Another thing you can do is run your worst case scenario with a trusted friend or colleague to make sure that you aren't catastrophizing because I think that we all think to, we make things bigger in our heads and when we tell our friend about it, they're like, um, are you kidding me? That's never going to happen. You're okay. And finally, ask yourself, if someone said no to you, how would you react? Most people would react like yourself, calm and as if it's no big deal, but I think we tend to think that no one else is like us but honestly humans are basically the same and most functional rational human beings are just going to be like okay cool and keep it moving however i want to add a preface that saying no does not give you the right to be an asshole about it i think i'm noticing a big trend on the internet of like say no because no is enough but i'm like delivery and tone and being a conscious understanding person is important so when you say no to someone you don't have to just be like no but a simple no thank you can suffice. So I know that I need to get better at saying no because if I do, I can be just as success I can be just as successful at saying successful and successful enough to land in the Forbes magazine just like Kylie. Yeah, you can. <laughs> just need a billionaire Love that. father. You should write it. You should write the whole magazine. <laughs> I would read the crap out of that. I would read Forbes magazine for the first time. Okay, that's it. <laughs> That's what I'm manifesting for 2022.
there you <laughs> so go. That's what we're all manifesting for 2022. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you with with all of these things, and I agree. I think your last point, Lumna, is the the new angle here is that we we do need to learn to say no properly. Oh no, respectfully. Sorry, not 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 properly, respectfully. Um, and I think it's also important to explain why you're saying no to to people because um you know because it's burning you out but equally like you know somebody's asking for your help and you're not burnt out that's when you should be saying yes or like saying no i can't help you right now but in the future i can because you don't want to yeah burn bridges or whatever exactly i think it's it's all about the way you do it like if it is too much for you if it's just piling it on you can say no like remember that job that I've been doing that I was like I need a a break from it while I'm like going through this crap and I was like oh my god they're gonna fire me they're gonna be so mad I was like I need a break and they were like okay right like of course that's what they're gonna do (laughs) but like in your head you just like oh my god they're gonna like lose their mind Uh, yeah no they're gonna be fine everyone is gonna be fine yeah they asked for your help if they can't get your help they're still gonna live yeah exactly and also if people do react like silly then are they people you really want in your life if no one can understand they can't understand why you're saying no yeah exactly i think that's a really good point as well emmy is like if if people are gonna just react the way you anticipated like badly then you don't need that kind of energy in your life and you can just keep it moving you guys that's a wrap. We did it. We did episode one of season two. It's complete. We covered a lot. We talked about how men are animals. We talked about saving animals. We talked about how sleep deprivation is a serious problem. It's so bad that you could basically walk into strangers' cars. And the serious endemic of saying yes to everything. Also, I want to touch sleep deprivation is so bad. You guys roasted me for my milky chicken. Amy, now you had milky apple juice. <laughs> so we have to just wait for emily to do something milk related something gross and milky (laughs) um that's that was actually my nickname in college i knew it gross and milky college it's accurate um in other words you guys we talked about other news and we also tried something new this season. You know, we, we switched it up. We're trying to make it more engaging and thoughtful. And we'd love to know what you, our small audience of three people, think about this new style. Do you love it? Do you hate it? Are you, you know, ambivalent to it? Just let us know. And as always, you can follow us on Instagram, our new podcast Instagram, because this is now nearing the end of 2021 and we've jumped on that train. We have our new podcast Instagram. It's at three girls, one newscast. We'll link it in the show notes below. Give us a follow to stay up to date on everything. Participate in our stories or just drop us a DM to say hi. We'll chat to you guys next time. 